This is Richard Close with the Continuing Church of God. Greetings to all. This is going to be an in-depth study on a topic that's been studied, debated, and a decision reached and then taught as truth by the Worldwide Church of God for nearly 70 years. <clears throat> Two questions that I want to look at in this study. Number one, is the decision they reached truth? Number two, did they look carefully at all of the scriptures in the Bible to arrive at their conclusion? The Bible is a source of all truth. The Bible is a source of all spiritual truth. The Church of God formally began on the day of Pentecost following Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. On the day that the Holy Spirit was manifested on the disciples of Jesus Christ in a spectacular manner. These disciples had traveled with and had been taught by Jesus Christ for three and a half years, and they still did not fully understand his teaching. Jesus Christ told them that the Holy Spirit would lead them into all truth, which is scripture properly understood. The Holy Spirit opened their understanding to the many teachings of Jesus Christ that they could not grasp before that time. God's church was built on a rock. And that rock was Christ, 1 Corinthians 10.4. Ephesians 2.20 says, And they are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable or valuable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. From 2 Timothy 3.16. Many people discount the Old Testament as being of no value now that Jesus Christ has come and taught in person and died for our sin and was resurrected and ascended to his Father in heaven. What is included in the words, all scripture? Of course, that includes the entire Bible. And the analogy that I like to use is to look at the Bible as a house. Christ used a house built upon a rock versus a house built upon sand in his teaching. A house has to have a sound foundation. The Old Testament is like a foundation of a house. It's like the foundation, the floor, and the walls. The New Testament is like the rafters, roofing, and shingles. The Old Testament is useless as a roof is a house without a roof, and the New Testament is like the rafters, roofing, and shingles. We need both. The New Testament is useless as a house without the foundation and walls to support the roof. We need them both to get a clear understanding of what God wants us to know. God raised Herbert Armstrong up in 1927. He was challenged by his wife Loma on the Seventh-day Sabbath. He studied to prove to her that all of these churches that meet on Sunday can't be wrong. God led him to many truths, and as he taught them to others, some steadfastly rejected what he had taught. He and Loma came to understand the importance of keeping God's holy days listed in Leviticus 23. At first, he did not know why they were keeping them. He did not know the purpose, but he knew they were important and that he should keep them. 
No one else believed at first, so he and Loma kept us kept them alone for seven years. The church grew rapidly in numbers and understanding. Was it perfect in all understanding? No. And Herbert Armstrong knew that and accepted that. Here are some of his own words. This is from a member letter, January 31st, 1974. Quoting Herbert Armstrong, God did not reveal every detail of his truth to me at once, beginning 47 years ago, but because I was willing to give up error and accept his truth, and four or five times to give up what I had thought was his truth, but when present proved error to confess it and change to prove truth, he did call and choose me to raise up the present error of the Church of God. Quoting Herbert Armstrong from the Good News magazine, December 1976, page 28. I will change whenever proved wrong. I will accept new truth as often as it is proved to be new truth to me or to the church. I will not compromise with the truth. I never have. I did not say that 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 40 years ago that God revealed the entirety of his truth to me instantaneously. Even before he conferred on me his great commission, always I have said, God has revealed his truth little by little, a little single bit of truth at a time. I've also always said, I am human, subject to mistakes. Every man ever that God ever chose and used was the same. Another quote from Mr. Armstrong. I certainly have always encouraged all members to read and study the Bible continually, to increase their own knowledge and understanding, but not to deliberately to disagree with the church and study for the purpose of disagreeing and causing dissension and division in the church, but in continuous Bible study to add to one's store of biblical knowledge. If one comes across the knowledge of something new to the church, something not proclaimed or preached by the church, he may go to his local pastor with it, or he may contact headquarters at Pasadena, or he may bring it personally to me. If it is either contrary to church doctrine or something in addition to church doctrine, if this new understanding is correct and biblical, it will be brought to me personally, even though he takes it first to his local minister and or one of the pastoral administration in Pasadena. And God has always seen to it that my mind is open and able to see new truth or to admit error if proved and then correct it. That was from Herbert Armstrong, Good News Magazine, July, August of 1979, page four. Herbert Armstrong, Good News, December 1984, page 1. Each of these religious leaders did recognize and grasp a few rays of light shining here and there through the darkness. But it is ten times more difficult to unlearn error once believed than to learn a new truth. So each of these men retained perhaps half or more of their error, and each added a certain amount of new 
erroneous doctrine on their own. Mr. Armstrong said, it is ten times harder to unlearn an error once believed. This is a challenge for us. Many of us have believed this doctrine to be true for years. Another quote from Mr. Herbert Armstrong from the Plain Truth Magazine, April 1957, page 18, from the article Heart to Heart with the editor. And he was talking about working to find unity when something new comes up, quoting Mr. Armstrong. If any one of us comes up with something new, not previously understood or agreed to be true, true revelation of God's word, he does not speak it publicly or write it in any article until we ministers can all study it independently and counsel together regarding it and to come to the same mind. Going on with this quote, as a specific example, some three or four years ago, we discovered that two or three of our young ministers had never as yet come to clear understanding of whether Satan is mortal and in the future to be destroyed and to cease to exist. The others had studied the question and knew that the scriptures revealed that Satan and all angels and demons are immortal beings who can never die or be destroyed. In many of our conferences, we had this question on the agenda for complete study and discussion. But always it seemed that other problems and questions were more immediately pressing. We never got to this particular question until our annual ministerial conference in January of this year. Each January, all our ministers are called to Pasadena headquarters for a two-week study and conference together. Meanwhile, none of these young ministers expressed any definite convictions on this question. But when we went into it prayerfully, with a, quote, multitude of counselors, unquote, the proof became very plain to us all. I had a minister tell me a long time ago, quote, what Herbert Armstrong studied for himself was very, very accurate. And the, the quote of what that minister had said. Two parts in this short paragraph that I think deserve attention. Number one, where it says the others had studied the question. This raises a question of if Herbert Armstrong had done the original study, or if he was depending on those other ministers, the others who had studied the question. Number two point, it seems as if this subject had been a question at several ministerial conferences, but had not been number one in priority. How much pressure was there to get the topic resolved in the 1957 conference. The topic we will be studying is whether or not spirit beings have immortal life. In other words, they cannot die or cease to exist. Some things to keep in mind while we're carefully studying the scriptures. Number one, individual words and their meanings are, are important. Number two, all words and phrases on a topic must be studied 
and examined in the overall context. Number three, have an honest and open approach to what is said in the scriptures. Number four, and very important, pray for God to give you his understanding of what you are studying. Ask God in prayer, what do you, God, want me to know? Some quick definitions. Eternal. Eternal is without beginning or end, existing through all time and everlasting. Immortal is not mortal, deathless, living, or lasting forever. Mortal, that must eventually die. Number two, of man as a being who must eventually die. Satan, number one, from Judaism, any of various celestial beings functioning as an accuser or critic of man. Hebrew, enemy or to be adverse or plot against. In Christian theology, still speaking of Satan, the great enemy of man and goodness, the devil. The devil is a chief evil spirit, a supernatural being subordinate to and the foe of God and the tempter of man. I thought that was interesting, a supernatural being subordinate to. Major premise of this study, we're starting with 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21. Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Let's look at some scriptures that were previously used to show that spirits, in other words, Satan and the demons, cannot die. Here's some background with a trick question that the Sadducees thought would trip up Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 20 and verse 27. Then came into him certain of the Sadducees which deny that there's any resurrection, and they ask him, Notice the Sadducees deny there's any resurrection, and yet they are asking Jesus Christ a question about the resurrection. Luke 20, verse 28, saying, Master, Moses wrote to us, If any man's brother die, having a wife, and he die with no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed into his brother. Verse 29, There were therefore seven brethren, and the first took a wife and died without children, and the second took her to wife, and he died childless. And the third took her, and in like manner the seven also. They had no children and died. Verse 32, and last of all, the woman died also. Verse 33, therefore in the resurrection, whose wife of them is she? For seven had her to wife. Luke 20, verse 34, And Jesus answered, answering said to them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which are counted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither bury nor marry or are given in marriage. Verse 36, Neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels 
and our children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Notice the wording, neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels. This seems to clearly state that being equal to angels and not dying is exactly the same. Therefore, angels cannot die. Matthew in chapter 8 and verse 28, And when he had come to the other side of the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by the way. Verse 29, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Notice that they knew that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And they asked him, Are you come hither to torment us before the time? They knew that a time of torment was coming, but they thought Jesus was early. Torment in the Greek is from Strong's number 928. Baz and Ido from 939 is to torture, pain, toil, torment, toss, or vex. Revelation 20 and verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the frost prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. This uses the same Greek word for torment. The word are, that's underlined above, is in italics in the King James Version, and shows that it was added by the translators it would be much better rendered were cast and it is in many modern translations. These verses seem to indicate that angels do not die and will be tormented forever and ever. Let's examine all scriptures on a topic and see if we can gain a better understanding. We will start with Luke 24:36 and compare the other Gospels account of this same event. <clears throat> Luke 24, 34. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Them, the children of this world, marry and are given in marriage. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Verse 36. Neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels, and they are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. We had covered that. Previously, we'll look at the compared accounts in the rest of the scriptures. From Mark chapter 12, verse 18. And then they came unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto his, us, If a man brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed to his brother. Verse 20, And now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying, leaving no seed. The second took her and died, and neither left he any seed. And the third likewise. Verse 22, And the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. This shows that it was the same event that we just read about in Luke. Matthew 23, 
In the resurrection, they therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall they be? She be of the seven, for the seven had her to wife. So this shows that it's the same question, the same event and the same question, but written in Mark. Mark 12:25, And when they rise from the dead, Christ's answer, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. This was Christ's answer to the same question. Please notice the additional information. Angels which are in heaven does not include all angels. Going on in Matthew, his account, verse 23, The same day came to him the Sadducees, <clears throat> which say there is no resurrection, and they asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also, in Matthew 22, 27. So this shows it's the exact same event that's recorded in the other Gospels. Verse 28, Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Same question. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said of them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but as are the angels of God in heaven. Christ answers here with even more information. Did you catch it? The angels of God in heaven. So when we look at all three of these accounts together, we have all the information that's available in the scriptures in one place, which shows a specific group of angels. The biblical principle of two or three witnesses. We just read through three witnesses. Matthew 18 verse 16 showing the example. And if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Also in 1 Timothy 5 19 Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. We can now see that Jesus Christ was talking about the holy, righteous angels in heaven, not fallen angels who are not in heaven. Now we will compare the scriptures regarding torment. Matthew 8 and verse 28. And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Verse 29, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, thou Son of God? Are you come hither to torment us before the time? Remember, from before, the Greek in Strong's number 928, is torment. We covered that in short ways back. Mark. Mark 1.23 And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? 
Art thou come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Notice that in the above two examples, the wording is very similar. The demons in both examples knew who Jesus Christ was. They also knew that he was early in their view because they knew God's overall plan and they thought and they knew that he had authority to both torment and to destroy. Greek, number 622, Apollumi is from 575 and the base of 3639. Apollumi means to destroy fully, reflexively, to perish or to lose. Literally or figuratively, to destroy, die, lose, mar, or perish. Matthew 10.28 also uses destroy or apolumi. Matthew 10.28 And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Again in James chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. Verse 11, Speak not evil one to another, brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are a doer, not a doer of the law, but a judge. James 4 verse 12, There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you? that judges another. There is one lawgiver, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, who is able to save and to destroy. Save in the Greek is 4982. Sozo, S-O-Z-O, from a primary S-O-S, a contraction for an obsolete S-A-O-S, is save, <clears throat> or safe. Uh, to save, to deliver, to protect, literally or figuratively, to heal, preserve, save self, do well, be made whole. Sozo is used 103 verses in the New Testament, many times referring to physical healing or to being saved physically. An example is Peter when he was walking on the water and he started to sink, he cried out, save me. Example of Sovas, Sozo. Most of the time it is used for spiritual salvation. Mark 16, verse 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, Sozo. But he that believe not shall be damned. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. If you, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved, sozo. Acts chapter 4 and verse 10. Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Another example of sozo. Acts 4.11. And this is a stone which was set at naught by you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Verse 12, 
neither is there salvation in any other. But there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we may be saved. There is no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Sozo. Obviously spiritual salvation. Some other scriptures demonstrating the spiritual application of Sovo. <clears throat> Matthew 11, 18, 11, 24, 13, Mark 10, 26, Luke 9, 56, and Luke 13, 23, and John 10, 9. One of the clearest translations of James 4.12 is found in the Bible in basic English. James 4.12 from that translation. There is only one judge and lawgiver, even he who has the power of salvation and of destruction. But who are you to be your neighbor's judge? Salvation. Sozo in that translation and destruction apolumi. So sozo and apolumi are used in that one verse very clearly. Second Corinthians 2.15 For we are a sweet perfume of Christ to God in those who are getting salvation and in those who are going to destruction. This verse complements James 4.12 For they, Revelation 9.11 They have over them as king, the angel of the great deep. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in the Greek language, Apollyon. The name in Hebrew, Abaddon, equals Abad, to destroy. And the Greek name Apollyon, this is an active participle of Apollyumi, a destroyer. Let's look at some questions to keep in mind as we continue. Forever, question, is it always eternal? An Old Testament example, Exodus 21, verse 2. If you buy a Hebrew servant, six years shall he serve, and the seventh he shall go out for nothing. <clears throat> if he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. Exodus 30, 21, verse 4. If his master has given him a wife, and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. If the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Verse 6. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Here, forever, obviously means until the servant's death. A New Testament example. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 15. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that you should receive him forever. Paul clearly means forever in this instance to be for the rest of the life 
of Onesimus. To a physical being, forever means until their death. Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and better rendered, were cast, we covered that before, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The question, could forever, for Satan, mean until death? What about day and night? Revelation 22 and verse 3. And there shall be no more curse for the throne of God, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Verse 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall be no night there. And they have no need no candle, neither the light of the sun, but the Lord God has given them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. There shall be no night. Notice in verse 5. Could this influence the scripture quoted above, Revelation 20.10? Is there a possibility that Satan and the demons would only be in the lake of fire and tormented until night is no more? Question to keep in mind. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon your belly shall you go, and you shall eat, dust shall you eat of all the days of your life. God is cursing Satan. And the end of the last line says, All the days of your life. Are Satan's days numbered? With these scriptures and questions as a back, backdrop, let's look at some more definite, definitive scriptures. Sin. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, not life in some other realm is death. We believe that death is death or the cessation of life. Satan's first recorded lie is found in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 4. Genesis 3, 4, and the Satan said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Satan possibly does not want to believe that death is death. Lied about it in his first lie. First John Chapter 3 and verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Manifested. Greek word 5319. Pharaoh. And it's from 5318. To render apparently Render apparent, literally or figuratively, to appear, manifest, declare, manifest forth, and show self. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. If we rearrange the word slightly, 
the Son of God was manifested in order to render apparent that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God was rendered apparent that he might destroy the works of the devil. Destroy here is the Greek word 089 luo, a primary verb to loosen, literally or figuratively, to break up, to destroy, to dissolve, to unloose, to melt, put off. Compare that with the Greek word number 4486. Ezekiel chapter 18, <clears throat> verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so is the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. In Ezekiel 18:20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father, neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Again, two witnesses in Ezekiel chapter 20, 18, the soul that sins shall die. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. I am the Lord, I change not. God says right here, I change not. Will God make an exception for Satan and the demons? John chapter 8 and verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Of his own, from his own will or disposition. Satan was a murderer from the beginning and a liar and the father of lies and lying. John, 1 John 3, verse 15. Whosoever hates his brother is a liar and the father of lies. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. No murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Does Satan get away? He was a murderer from the beginning. Revelation 21, verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The end result of all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, second death from which there is no resurrection. Isaiah chapter 14. Verse 1, For God, the Lord God will have mercy on Jacob, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land. And the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. Verse 2, And the people shall take them, and bring them into their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. 
verse 3, And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give you rest from your sorrow, from your fear, from a hard bondage, wherein you were made to serve. This seems to be an end of days millennial setting after the second exodus. Verse 4, And you shall take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How has the oppressor ceased and the golden city ceased after Babylon and the golden city are no more? Verse 5, And the Lord has broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. The oppressor ceased, and the golden city ceased. Is this the ruler of Babylon the Great of the end times? There are several types that can be seen in this section of scripture. Number one, the king of Babylon, who would be Nebuchadnezzar. Number two, Daniel, in Daniel 11:21, a type of the end time king or ruler. And number three could be a type of Satan. Verse six, he who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations, plural, in anger, is persecuted and none hindereth. A continual stroke, Hebrew, a stroke without removing or ceasing. People around the world, on the earth, see violence and sin everywhere, every day. It's like a continual stroke from Satan upon all people. He, Satan, ruled nations, plural, in anger. Plural as the God of this age. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. Notice that this is God with a little g. This is not talking about the real, true God. It's talking about Satan. Isaiah chapter 14, 37. The whole world is at rest and is quiet, and they break forth into singing. This looks to be a millennial setting, a real reason for the entire earth to sing. Verse 8, Yea, and the fir trees rejoice at you, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since you are laid down, no feller has come up against us. This result is not brought about by a human being's death, but by Satan's or his binding, at the very least. Verse 9, Isaiah 14. Hell from beneath is removed for you to meet you at your coming. It stirs up to the dead for you, even all the chief ones of the earth. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations, or the hell or the grave, raised up from the grave. Verse 10. And they... All they shall speak and say unto you, Are you also become weak as we? Are you become like unto one of us? Verse 11, Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vials. 
the worm is spread under you and the worms cover you. Going on in verse 14, verse 12 of chapter 14 of Isaiah. How are you fallen from heaven, O Hallel, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Cut to the ground is to hew like a tree or destruction in the Hebrew. The word Lucifer is inserted in this scripture in place of Hillel. Hillel is a Hebrew word. It's the only place <clears throat> that Hillel is used as a noun. It's not translated in this instance. It is just replaced with a Latin word. It's the only Latin word that I know in the Hebrew of the Old Testament. Verse 13. For though thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend to heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14, I will ascend unto the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High. Five times in these two verses, I will is mentioned. Self-exaltation even to the level of God obviously talking about Satan in these verses. There is no logical or obvious break in the narrative. It will go on into verse 15. <clears throat> Yet you shall be brought down into hell to the sides of the pit. Hell is equal to a grave or a pit. Verse 16. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon you and consider you, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake? kingdoms. Verse 17, that made the world a will, as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof and opened not the house of his prisoners, opened or did not let his prisoners loose to go homeward. Another translation of Isaiah 14 verse 17. Nope, that was a copy of the same thing. Okay. Verse 18, all the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house. Verse 19, but you are cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the remnant of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trodden under, pit, under feet. Overall, a very proud individual. Matthew, Malachi 4 and verse 1, For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven, and all of the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that comes shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Malachi 4 and verse 2, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall grow up, go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. Verse 3, And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be as ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. A day is coming that will burn like an oven, destroying heavens and earth, before the new heavens and the new earth. All the proud and all that do wickedly shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, 
says the Lord of hosts. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel 28 verse 1. <clears throat> the word of the Lord came unto me saying, the word of the Lord to Ezekiel, or the Logos, the spokesman of the God family, to Ezekiel, words that are primarily referring to a physical leader with grandiose ideas. Ezekiel 28, verse 2, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, Thus say the Lord God, Because your heart is lifted up, and you have said, I am, of God, I am God, a God, I sit in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man, and not God, though you set your heart as the heart of God. Verse 3, Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. There is no secret that they can hide from you. With your wisdom and with your understanding, you have gotten you riches, and you have gotten gold and silver under your treasures. Verse 5, By thy great wisdom and by the traffic hast thou increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. Verse 6, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because you have set your heart <clears throat> as the heart of God, in verse 7, Behold, therefore, I will bring strangers upon you, the terrible of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom, and they shall defile your brightness, and they shall bring you down into the pit, and you shall die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the sea. Will you yet say before him that slays you, I am God, but you are a man, and no God, and in the hand of him that slays you. Verse 10, you shall die the deaths of the uncircumcised by the hand of strangers, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. Please read the following verses without preconceived ideas. Continuing on in Ezekiel, <clears throat> verse 11, Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, You seal up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, you have been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, and the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanship of your tabrets and all pipes, all your pipes, was prepared in you in the day that you were created. Obviously talking about a very special created spiritual being. The king of Tyrus, obviously, talking about and describing Hillel or Satan. Verse 16, they were created. He was created. A created being. Verse 14, you are the anointed cherub that covers, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God, and you walked up and down in the midst of Stones of fire. Verse 15, you were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. 
He was on the holy mountain of God, perfect in every way. You were on the mountain of God, holy mountain of God, perfect in every way. Again, it mentions created till iniquity or sin was found in you. Going on, no topical, logical, or obvious break in the flow. Still talking about Satan. We had known for years and used these scriptures to show that this was Satan <clears throat> before he sinned. Verse 16. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence, and you have sinned. Therefore, I cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Notice, I, God, will destroy you, Satan, referring to the covering cherub. Remember, verse 1 and verse 11, both are God's word to Ezekiel. Ezekiel is just the messenger. To destroy is a Hebrew Abad number 06. It's a primitive root properly to wander away, to lose oneself by implication, to perish, to destroy, break, not escape, fail, lose, cause, or make perish, to spend, and to utterly and surely take, be undone, be void of, have no way to flee. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, and you were corrupted your wisdom by the reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground, and I will lay you before kings, that they may behold you. God, Ezekiel still saying God's words about Hillel or Satan. Verse 18, you have defined, defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the midst of you. It shall devour you, and I will bring you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold you. Therefore will I, God, bring forth a fire from the midst of you, Satan, and it shall devour you, Satan, and I, God, will bring you, bring you, Satan, to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all men to behold you. Hebrew word for devour is the Strong's 0398, and that's Akal, Akai, a primitive root to eat liberally or figuratively at all, uh, to burn up, to consume, to devour, to eat up, to feed food freely, feed uh, in plenty. It's a, describing a fire that will eat up or burn up or consumed to ashes. The Hebrew word 0665 FR is from an unused root meaning to bestrew ashes.
Ezekiel 28 and verse 19. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror and never shall you be anymore. Part of the message that God gave to Ezekiel that he wrote down here for us to understand is in the last part of this verse. And never shall you be anymore. Hebrew word for never is number 0369. It's ayin, it's from, as if from a primitive root, meaning to be nothing or not exist, a non-entity generally used as a negative participle, else except fail, fatherless, be gone, incurable, neither, never, nowhere, none, nor anything, nor nothing, to not, past and unsearchable, to be nothing or to be non-existent. It's a very strong condemnation by God to Hillel or Satan. I mentioned this particular scripture to a minister some years ago and he didn't seem to think that it was possible that Satan could die. And he said, that's been a long time back. You'll have to check all translations. So I did, and I included them in this study. Ezekiel Twenty-eight and verse nineteen, and these are all Ezekiel twenty-eight nineteen from different biblical version, the King James version. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall be a terror, and never shall you be any more. American Standard Version. All they that know you among the people shall be astonished at you. You shall you are become a terror and you shall never more have any being. Bible in basic English. All who have knowledge of you among the people shall be overcome with wonder at you. You have become a thing of fear, and you will never be seen again. Darby translation. All they that know you among the people shall be amazed at you, and you are become a terror, and you shall never be any more. Modern King James Version. All who know you among the people shall be astonished at you and shall be terrors, and you will not be forever. New King James Version. All who know you among the people are astonished at you. You have become a terror, and you shall be no more forever. All who know you among the people are appalled at you. And this is from the Revised Standard Version. All who know you among the people are appalled at you, and you have come to a dreadful end, and shall be no more forever. The W.E.B. Version. 
I don't remember what the initials stand for. Uh, all of those who know you among their people shall be astonished at you. You are become a terror and you will never more have any being. Young's literal translation is the last one I have in the list. All knowing you among the peoples have been astonished at you. Waste have you been and you shall not be and you are not to an age. Other places that a bad is used. Leviticus 23.30 Whatsoever soul it be that does any work on that same day, that soul, same soul, shall I destroy it from among his people. No doubt that Abad here, destroy as Abad, means death. Deuteronomy 12.2 You shall utterly destroy, or Abad, all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains, and upon the hills, and under every green tree. Verse 3 of Deuteronomy 12. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves, <clears throat> groves with fire. And you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Utterly destroy is the word of God. A force and effect equals complete eradication of pagan worship. If you blend Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, the story flow shows that the fate of Satan is certain. In Jeremiah 32 and verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, and there is nothing too hard for you, even the destruction of Satan. Some other relevant scriptures. One of the most important scriptures on this topic is below. This is in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 15. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the King of kings and the Lord of lords, verse 16, who only has immortality, who only has immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen, nor can see, to whom be the power, honor, and power everlasting. Amen. Who only has immortality? I have not used many commentaries in this study because I wanted to rely mainly upon the scriptures. But I'm going to insert one here because it adds some clarity to the subject at hand. This is from Albert Barnes' New Testament commentary. Verse 16. Who only has immortality? The word here, anasia, properly means exemption from death. And seems to me that God, in his own nature, enjoys a perfect and certain exemption from death. Creatures have immortality only as they derive it from him, and of course are dependent on him for it. 
He has it by his very nature. Talking about God, he has it by his very nature. And it is his case, in his case, underived. And he cannot be deprived of it. It is one of the essential attributes of his being that he will always exist and that death cannot reach him. Compare the expression in John chapter 5, verse 26. The Father has life in himself. Quoting, creatures have immortality only as they derive it from him and, of course, are dependent on him for it. Righteous angels are and human beings given immortality in the resurrection will be dependent on God, the Father, and Jesus Christ for immortality. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then he shall set upon his throne of glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left. Verse 34, And then the king shall say unto me on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Verse 37, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw you were hungered, and fed you were thirsty, and gave you drink? When saw you a stranger, and took you in? naked and clothing or when saw when saw we you sick or in prison and came to you verse 40 and the king shall answer and say unto them verily i say unto you in so much as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren you have done it unto me verse 41 and then he will say unto them on his left hand depart from me you cursed into everlasting fire, comma, no period. Everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angel. Christ is speaking here of the white throne judgment at the end of the age when all human beings that are ready for spiritual life in the last resurrection or last end of all physical life and others have failed to be judged. Depart from you, you curse it. Note carefully, into everlasting fire, as a comma, no period, prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus Christ's own words, the very purpose for the lake of fire is for Satan and his fallen angels. Going on, let's look at another scripture that seems to apply. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 33. For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared. 
<clears throat> and he has made it a deep and large. The pile there is fire and much wood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of brimstone, doth kindle it. Tophet in the Hebrew is 08613. Tophet, probably a form of 8612. Tophet, a place of cremation. The types of this in uh, the Valley of Hinnom and Geth Gehenna fire is ordained of old. The Hebrew is 06186 and it's Arak, a primitive root to set in a row, to arrange, to put in order in a very wide variety of application. To put, to set the battle, set the self, uh, in a array to compare, direct, equal, esteem, estimate, expert in war, furnish, handle, join the battle, ordain, lay, put, reckon, set up, put in order, prepare, tax, and value. Yea, for the king it is prepared, <clears throat> the breath of the Lord like a stream of brimstone doth kindle it. Possibly like Sodom and Gomorrah. The breath of the Lord is a stream of brimstone. A major question, which king is the king? For the king it is prepared. We'll come back to that question that's short. Job chapter 41 verse 34. He beholds all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. More on Job in a moment. Interesting scriptures. Romans 16 and verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Bruise or tread. Bruise is a Greek word, 4937. It's, it's sum tribo from 4836 and the base of 5147. And it means to crush completely. In other words, to shatter, literally or figuratively. To break in pieces. Broken to shivers. Bruised, like smash, utterly destroyed. In the New Testament, shows that Jesus Christ is going to smash and utterly destroy Satan. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. And then cometh the end of verse 24. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, and when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Verse 25. And he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. This is showing the time order of events. The enemy is identified. He must put all enemies under his feet. Matthew 13 and verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitudes away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us 
the parable of the tares of the field. Christ answered in verse 37 and said unto them, He that sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Verse 39, the enemy that sowed them or sowed the tares is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. The enemy clearly described here is Satan or the devil. Revelation 21 verses 1 to 7. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth were passing, passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride for her husband. Verse 3 of Revelation 21. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be there any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Verse 6, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. That he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son all new and all spiritual, no more physical, the God the Father dwelling with mankind in peace, harmony, and purity as spirit beings. Revelation 21 verse 8, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of, which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. A list of the last of all evildoers includes all liars burned up in the lake of fire and brimstone. Satan is a liar. The second death is a final death and there, then there will be no more physical but all pure spirit. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part in the same. And through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Destroy here is from the Greek 2673 Katarako and from 2596 and 691 to be or render entirely idle or useless literally or figuratively, to abolish, to cease, to cumber, deliver, destroy, to do away, to make of no or none effect, fail, to lose, 
bring or come to naught, put down or put away, vanish away and make void. Christ is going to destroy the devil or Satan. Galatians, Genesis 3, chapter 5, 15. Genesis 3, 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. It's the first direct prophecy of the Messiah in the Bible. Between the seed of the woman, the Messiah, and the seed of Satan, you are your, of your father the devil. Satan would bruise Christ's heel. In other words, he would no longer be able to walk in the physical. It's a temporary death for three days and three nights. But Christ is to bruise Satan's head. It's a mortal blow. It's death. Bruise is Hebrew 07779. Shuf is a primitive root properly to gape, to snap at, figuratively to overwhelm, break, bruise, or cover. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Shall consume is Greek 355, analisco from 303 in a form of the alternate of 138 properly to use up, to destroy, to consume. Apollumi, destroy is Apollumi, Greek 622, from 575 in the base of 3639, to destroy fully, reflexively, to perish or lose, literally or figuratively, to destroy, to die, lose, or make perish. Number 459 from number 1 as a negative participle and 3551 lawless, negative not subject to the Jewish law by implication of Gentile, or positively wicked without law, lawlessness, transgressor, unlawful, and wicked. Clearly and easily fits Satan. Another look at Job. Job chapter 41 and verse 13. Who can discover the face of his garment? And who can come to him with his double bridle? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to the other that no air can come between them. They are so joined one to another, they stick together and they cannot be asundered. By his kneesings a light does shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go forth lamps and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils go smoke as of a seething pot or a cauldron. His breath kindles coals and a flame goes out of his mouth. If you read these words in either other book, any other book, what would you think these words were talking about? What would you think about if you read those words? 
in many books on a shelf, you would think, a dragon. Let's look at Revelation 12 and verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. Back to Job chapter 41. Job 41, 33. Upon the earth there is none his like, who is made without fear. He hold, beholds all high things. He is a king over all the children of pride. A king over all the children of pride. Is it not possible that this, it is not possible that this verse is referring to an aquatic creature, although there possibly existed such a creature in the physical. But I think here we have found our king that we were looking for in Isaiah 30 and verse 33. He's the king over all the children of pride. For a tophet is ordained of old. The king, for the king it is prepared. He has made it a deep and large, a pile thereof is fire and much wood, and the breath of the Lord like a stream of brimstone does kindle it. Let's look at pride for a moment. Psalms Chapter 10 and verse 2. The wicked in his pride does persecute the poor and let them be taken into the vices that they have imagined. Verse 4 of Psalm 10. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God and God is not in all his thoughts. Psalm 59 verse 12. For the sin of their mouth and the words of their lips let them be ever let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying which they speak. Proverbs 16 verse 18 Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and Satan is definitely proud. Mark chapter 7 verse 21 From within out of the heart of man proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, and murder. Mark 7, 22. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Pride is listed as an evil effect that comes from within. Satan was created perfect with no pride. Something happened. Ezekiel 28 verse 16. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled you with violence and you have sinned. Talking about Satan. He was a traitor. He made merchandise. Our whole economic system is based upon trading and merchandise. Comes directly from Satan. 
Thine heart, in verse 17, thy heart was lifted up because of your beauty, and you were corrupted. You have corrupted your wisdom by the reason of your brightness. Lifted up, Hebrews 01361, Gaba, a prim primitive root to soar or to be lofty, figuratively to be haughty, to exalt, to be haughty, make high, lift up, mount up, be proud, raise up to great height and upward. Pride developed within Hillel or Satan and caused him to sin. Unrepentant, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sin. If we seen, but it, verse 27, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. If we sin willingly, after we have received the knowledge of the two, there is no sacrifice, just judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. Satan is an adversary. We are allowed, given mercy by God, if we sin, not willingly, but through temptation that we can't quite yet control. God's mercy will allow us to repent of that sin and continue on our path into the kingdom of God. But we have to repent. Satan is a very powerful being. We need to apply Ephesians chapter 6, beginning verse 11, to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and shall take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of all saints. We need the whole armor of God, plus verse 18, praying always and realizing that we have the power of Jesus Christ. Matthew Chapter 10, verse 1, And when he called unto them his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And more importantly, we have authority 
given by Jesus Christ to withstand Satan and his helpers. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. And then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons or devils and to cure diseases. Mark chapter 16, last few verses, shows that not only did the disciples have the power, but it passed down to all them that believe. Them that believe, these signs shall surely follow. I didn't have that in my notes. Um, Babylon and the system of Babylon ending. Revelation chapter 18, we'll read through this. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, crying, Babylon, the great is fallen, has fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Revelation 18.3 For all nations have drunk the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth were waxed rich through the abundancy of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her plagues. For her sin, sins have come, reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double her double according to her works. The cups which she has filled full, fill to her double. For much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I set a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. The kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they see, shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city! And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all thine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and manner vessels of precious wood and of brass and of iron and marble. and cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and the souls of men. Verse 14, And the fruits of your soul lust, that your soul lusted after <clears throat> are departed from you, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from you, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things which are made rich by her shall stand afar off in the fear of torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city 
that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour so great riches is come to nothing. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off. And they cried, verse 18, when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, a great city, wherein many were made rich, and all that had ships of the sea by reason of her costliness, for in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, you heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpers, musicians, and pipers, and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. No craftsman, whatever craft he be, shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. Verse 23, And the light of a candle shall shine no more in all of thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, and by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. This is the final end of Babylon and the single system of Babylon. Mr. Armstrong used to talk a lot about coming out of Babylon. He focused on religious and spiritual Babylon. But there's several other aspects of Babylon that we need to come out of and be aware of. Financial Babylon, governmental Babylon, educational Babylon are the ones that are at the top of the list. Let's go on in the timeline in Revelation 19 as we begin to wrap this up. Revelation 19, beginning verse 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the white linen is the righteousness of the saints. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make warm. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head, on his head were many crowns, and he had the name written that no man knew but he himself. Verse 13, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Christ is returning in this scenario for his bride and to take 
control of the earth from Satan. And then verse 10 shows that Satan is cast into the lake of fire to come to his final end, as we have seen throughout this study. This is Richard Close for the Continuing Church of God.